Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. We have another positive start to the stock market this morning. Uh, There's not a lot going on in news, quite a few headlines, and one thing in particular that I want to talk about with you guys, and the term of the day has to do with it. Let's do that really quickly. So payment order flow, uh, P-F-O-F, okay, payment for order flow. Now, this is uh, not exactly an exciting term, but it's critical for every investor, especially young investors, because they have the most to lose because they have the longest time horizon, okay? So, and I'll explain everything, but let me get the definition first before I explain why. So, payment for order flow, PFOF, is the compensation and benefit a brokerage firm receives for directing orders to different parties for a trade execution. The brokerage firm receives a small payment, usually fractions of a penny per share, as compensation for directing the order to a particular market maker. Excuse me. For options trades, which are puts, calls, options are advanced, so don't worry about that, guys. Uh, But it's pertinent here because they make a lot more money. It's not fractions of a penny. Uh, For options trades, the market is dominated by market makers since each optionable stock could have thousands of possible contracts in existence. Payment for order flow is basically ubiquitous for options transactions and averages less than 50 cents per contract traded. Okay, so just keep that in mind. So just generalization of what it is, it is a compensation that a brokerage firm gets for stock being traded. Okay, so I'll, I'll dive into that in a little bit. Let me get to the news really quickly, but that's important for the for the main topic today. So what is happening in the news? U.S. stock futures are ticking upward Tuesday morning after the S&P rose 0.4% yesterday to notch its 53rd record close for the year. That's awesome. And also, guys, just remember, stock market economy, those are different. Okay, just because the economy isn't necessarily, you know, doing well, it isn't exactly uh, uh, booming. The stock market is on its way up right now. And there's no necessary um, for sure correlation between the two. Oftentimes they're correlated, but it's not necessarily required that they both succeed for them both to succeed. Okay, Uh, let's see. Where was I? Sorry, guys. I always go off on tangents when I'm reading. Oh, here we go. European and Asian markets are higher, as are the treasury yields. The 10-year note currently pays 1.294%, which again is not so good. Uh, But that's the safest investment you can technically make. So the S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index data for June will be released at 9 a.m. The index, which measures prices in the 20 largest cities in the U.S., rose 16.6% year-over-year in May. Chicago's Purchasing Managers Index, PMI, data for August will be released 45 minutes later, giving investors a snapshot of industrial activity in the Midwest. Economists expect a reading of 69.4, down from 73.4 in July. The conference board will also release its Consumer Confidence Index for August at 10 a.m. It's expected to show a reading of 123.1, down from 129.1 in July. Uh, So why is the PMI possibly down? I mean, I would just say we're coming out of summer. I mean, technically, I think fall starts in, I think it's like September 22nd, I think. So usually in the summer, things are always slow. Uh, Not necessarily down, but they're always slow. Just that's typically how it is. Uh, Everybody's traveling. Kids are out of school. Parents got to deal with that, etc. Okay, oil prices. Uh, Crude futures are down 0.8% and Brent crude futures are down 0.7% as investors continue to assess the Hurricane Ida's limited impact on U.S. oil refineries. So guys, as you guys know, the well, not as you know, but some of you guys know that 
the oil industry is really, really big in like the Gulf area for, for some reason. It's just, it's just big down there. Um, it's probably because of the ports. A lot of oil probably comes in through there and goes out. So, uh, that is why that area is considered important as far as oil goes. Okay. Let's get to some fun headlines today. Um, maybe not fun, fun for me at least, right? Uh, members exchange has submitted a proposal for the sec to allow half cent pricing increments for some stocks. So members exchange, I'm not entirely sure what that is. I know it's, uh, I know you guys have heard of like the London exchange, the, um, the New York stock exchange, Chicago's like there's a bunch of exchanges and that's exactly what it is. It's where people buy and sell stock. It's where people exchange money or stock for stock, money for stock, et cetera. And so that's why it's just called an exchange. There's just an exchange of something for something. But members exchange is a startup. So let me read this again because it might not mean anything to you guys, but I think it's, I think it's really, really cool. So members exchange has submitted a proposal to the SEC, that's Securities Exchange Commission. For me, that's basically my, that's basically my boss, but I don't really have a boss. I can do whatever I want, but they're the regulators. So I have to answer to them and stay within their regulatory guidelines. So they're basically their big brother. I'll put it that way. So uh, members exchange has submitted a proposal for the SEC to allow half cent pricing increments for some stocks. The exchange startup said that its proposal would lower costs for investors by reducing bid ask spreads on heavily traded equities like Apple and Bank of America. Okay, so keep that in mind again. Okay, so it would lower costs for investors by reducing bid ask spreads on heavily traded equities. Now the last um, headline I'm going to read has to do with that more. And it also has to do with our term of the day, PFOF, remember payment for order flow. So just keep that in mind. Zoom ZM posted quarterly revenue above $1 billion, but revealed slowing growth. The firm's 54% year over year revenue growth beat wall street expectations, but could not match the firm's growth rate in the previous year. Shares are down 12.5% in pre-market trading, but we all know what's up with that. Zoom was huge during COVID COVID's going away, or at least People are going back to work regardless of what COVID's doing. And Zoom is probably going to have to take a back seat as far as um, being the go-to meeting method. And let's see, we got one more? Yeah, we got one more. So this is the big one. The SEC chair, Gary Gensler, told Barron's that he is considering banning payment for order flow, PFOF, for brokers. Shares of Robinhood for which payment for order flow is a major revenue generator are down 3.3% in pre-market trading. Okay, so this is the big story today, at least in my opinion, it's the big story, is, so Robinhood is notorious for um, not having trading fees, right? So that's, that's what they're, that's how they got big in the first place was, oh, there's no fee for trading. So people like myself, who whenever Robinhood came around, we were 19, 20 years old, and we were like, okay, well, we've got a thousand bucks because we got it for our birthday or we got it from this weekend job we have. Hey, instead of getting a tattoo, we want to invest it, right? So what Robinhood was the natural place to go because we could invest that full thousand dollars or so we thought. So this is, this is the whole, this is the, the lesson I want you guys to take from this. Whether I manage your money, whether another advisor manages your money or you manage your money, there are always going to be undisclosed and hidden fees and maybe not undisclosed, but they're deep within a, uh, size or a font six paragraph amongst 5,000 pages of prospectus and other financial agreements that you probably get when you sign up with a broker or, a or an RIA like myself, an investment advisor. 
And you're not going to read all those. You're just trusting that the guy you're working with or gal is doing the right thing. And that is one of the ways people in this industry make a lot of money. Now, I know whenever I read this description for you, let me read it again just for uh, just the last part. The brokerage firm receives a small payment, usually fractions of a penny per share, as compensation for directing the order to a particular market maker. Now, I can't get into the whole process, right? I can't go from A to Z for you from, um, from like, say A is, is me at 20 with $1,000 being like, hey, I want to buy Tesla. And then Z is me, hey, I have $1,000 of Tesla stock in my account. That A to Z may seem like a very simple, you know, one plus one equals two transaction, but it's not. And I can't get into the whole thing because we will be here for way more than 15 minutes. But just to give you a breakdown of generalization, I'm going to skip a few steps, but this is essentially the, the, the way it works. So a broker, I want you to consider a broker as anybody who you go to. So say it's Merrill Lynch, it's uh, Robin Hood, uh, even um, TD Ameritrade, all these places, basically anywhere where you can buy stock, that's considered a broker. Okay. Uh, for the most part, generalizations here for the most part. But so the way it works is you go into the trading platform and then you put into the, you put in the ticker Tesla, TSLA, right? I want to buy Tesla. Well, what happens is, is they'll give you a price. And remember, prices are changing every second because there's money coming in, there's money coming out, there's news coming out. It's, it's all a big equation with all these variables. But when you put that ticker in and you get a price and you say, okay, submit, execute this at this price, actually occurs is there's a bid and there's an ask which that was mentioned in the in the headline as well and the bid is what somebody is willing to pay for it right and the ask is what the person selling it is willing to sell it sell it for and a market maker is someone that combines the two so a market maker will find 20 year old me who wants a thousand dollars a tesla at that time i don't know it probably would have been i don't know a 200 shares or something like that. It, it would have been a lot, uh, maybe 150 shares somewhere in there, but they would have, uh, matched me with someone who was willing to sell Tesla. Okay. And there is a spread, the difference between the bid and the ask, and there's money to be made in the spread. And so what happens is, is those brokers like Robinhood will take pennies off of that. Okay. So say it was a hundred shares, just a hundred shares. And they took, um, just one penny as an example. Well, they per share. So now they get $1. But if there's, I don't know, 5 million trades going on the whole day, that's $5 million. Now that's obviously an oversimplification, but that is how that works. And so the market maker gets some of that. The broker gets some of that. And there's, there's just these, there's these hidden fees that don't really get expressed or explained because they're complicated. And the best thing, well, not the best thing. It's actually probably one of the worst things. The worst things about the financial world, about the investment world, is these professionals, including myself, to an extent, want the people to shut up and give them their money. Now, I know that's very aggressive, and I don't mean to be, uh, what's the word, uh, cold about it, but it's just true. They would rather you say, hey, we trust James, Let's just let James handle it. And I would rather that too. That's why I say to an extent that's me. But fees, like I'm extremely fee sensitive. And whenever I see that the SEC chair is going to be taking payment away from Robinhood, I think that's a great thing. And I think it's a great thing because these giant industrial investment firms 
gouge people. They gouge people. And whether it's through uh, false, false and unfair play, uh, breaking Chinese wall rules, and I'm throwing terms at you, uh, charging excessive fees, charging undisclosed fees, charging hidden fees. I mean, there's just so many different ways that these big, these big guys take advantage of the retail small investor. And I just, I just makes me cringe so bad. And guys, I know all this stuff personally, because I worked at these firms. I've worked at these places. So I know I have an insider, not an insider, inside information, but I have a first person perspective. Um, and it just, it's, it's just not any good. I would say that. So that's why you either need to do your own investments or you need to really know your financial advisor. You really, really do. So just to give you guys an example, bank financial advisors. I had a client. Uh, she was maybe two or three years younger than me. She went to college with me. She didn't have any money. I mean, she maybe had like a couple grand. Uh, and she was like, hey, I really want your help. Like, I, I, I want you. Like, we went to school together, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll make time. I'm happy to help you. And guys, I don't make any money off that. Okay. For someone with $5,000, I might make, uh, geez, $12 a quarter, something like that. It's, it's just not worth it as far as the paperwork goes, et cetera. Um, but I wanted to help her out. <clears throat> I wanted to help her out. Excuse me. Well, then her parents were like, hey, you need to just work with us over at our bank. Uh, we've been using our bank guy for 40 years, blah, 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 blah. Um, guys, the banks, those advisors don't run the show. Okay, whoever your advisor is at the bank, one, they charge you bad fees, bad fees. I don't know what they are. They might not be expensive fees, but they're bad fees for the level of service they provide. They, you are a number to them. You are a number. For every, every client that a bank person gets, just say that's $100,000 and they charge 1%, they probably get 20% of the 1%. Like it's not, any, it's not worth it for them to treat you like a client. It's worth it for them to treat you like a number. So, and they put you in bad funds. Almost always, every single bank portfolio that I've seen, I'm not a big fan of it. It's not personalized. It's not customized. And the client doesn't know, I don't know why I'm in this. This is just what they have. Every single client I work with knows why they're in what they're in. Hey, actually, you know, I told James I needed growth. Uh, I have growth plan on my, for next five years, but the five years after that, I'm going to be taking income. And so we have a plan for that. Like there's, there's just an investment policy with every single client, um, and I'm not saying that to say, hey, I'm way better than the banks or I'm way better than these advisors. Uh, that's not the case at all. I'm pointing these things out to you because people don't know what they're in. They don't know why they're in what they're in. And they don't know that Robinhood gets paid for every transaction on these payment for order flows. So I just want to encourage you to find out what you're doing. Why are you in what you're in? Have like interest in your money. Nobody cares about your money more than you. And if your advisor doesn't, wants to earn the right to be second, then you shouldn't work with them. And that's my, that's my firm's motto. Nobody cares more about your money than you. And I want to earn the right to be second. So guys, that's it for today. I know that probably wasn't the most exciting one, but look into what advisors are getting paid, what the firms are getting paid, um, what the broker's getting paid. Like there's all these different people who have their hands in their pot and it could be taken away from money that could be invested. And you may say, oh, like what's a few pennies here or there? Well, think about it like this. A few pennies here or there, and this is why it's important for the young, the young people who have 10, 20, 30 years of investing. I mean, really anybody who has a, a time horizon. Um, that over years invested is probably six figures. I mean, so you're leaving that kind of money on the table just because you're like, ah, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It's not a big deal right now. 
but a snowball can become a snowman real quick if it's going downhill. So, all right, guys, I'm already one minute over. I'm on a rant here, but as always, invest early, invest often. I will see you guys later. Have a good day.